Do you have a sales process or are you kind of just firing off the hip and doing whatever you can in the moment to see what works? If you're doing the latter, then I'd like to ask you, how effective have you been? Because the truth is, if you have a product, if you're selling a service, you need some type of process built around the way you sell if you want to have predictable and replicable revenue and sales coming in. Because without that, you're never going to know. You're never going to be able to plan for the future. You're never going to know how much business and how much revenue you're going to have in order to properly plan and grow your business. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how to create a sales process. What are the three key items, the three steps that every sales process needs to have in order for you to generate predictable and replicable sales. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Money, Love, and Freedom Podcast, where you'll develop the mindset and skills to create a life of total abundance, from business and health to wealth and love. Discover what it takes to live a life of freedom on your terms. And now, your host, Coach George Wang. What's up, Freedom Fighter, and welcome to another episode of the Money, Love, and Freedom podcast. As always, I'm your host here, Coach George Wang, helping you to sell more, serve more, and live better. And today, let's talk about selling, because you're an entrepreneur, you're a business person, and in order to be successful at that, you've got to sell your product. Now, I always talk about there's three components that you need to have, three things you need to master if you want to get good at selling. Uh, The first of these is you need to learn the psychological principles, both in your own mindset and in your customer's mindset, which we talk a lot about that in the podcast. The second one is you need to create a process, right? You need to create some system so that you can repeat this over and over again. And the third is you need to create a feedback loop, some way, some mechanism for you to learn about your process so you can optimize it and make it better. So today's episode, we're going to focus on the second of these components, which is the sales process. We talk a lot about psychology and mindset in previous episodes. We've talked about it a lot. And we've mentioned some stuff about process, but we haven't gone too deep into it. So today, I really, really want to focus on that. And I'm going to start by asking you first, do you have a process? Do you have some system to bring in sales or some system that you have all of your customers, your clients go through? And if the answer to this is no, then do you have predictable sales? If I had to guess, the answer is no. And that's why this is so important because when you have a sales process, you can do two things. You can create predictable sales meaning you know how many sales you're going to get by getting people through each part of the process. The second thing is you're going to be able to have replicable sales. And that's the idea, right? You want to be able to replicate what you're doing because at some point, if you're selling your own product right now and you want your business to grow, eventually you're going to have to hand that off some way. You're going to have someone else do it, or you're going to have to sell through video or some way to be able to replicate and scale this sales 
process, but you can't do it unless you actually have a sales process for someone to replicate. So if you want to hand off your sales or you want to be able to predict your sales, then you need a sales process. Now, every sales process has to have three distinct stages. The first stage is the discovery stage. The second one is the presentation stage. And the third one is the closing stage. And we're about to go through each one, one by one. Let's start with the discovery. So the discovery is the beginning of your sales process. And essentially what you're doing during discovery is you're just asking questions. You're learning about your customer, your prospect. What you're not doing is you're not trying to solve their problems here. You're only asking questions. You're only learning. So think about this first part of your sales call, a sales process, right? That's all you're going to do. Don't try to solve anyone's problems, right? It's, it's very common when somebody hears something and immediately they try to prescribe a solution, right? They say, you know, somebody says one thing and you say, oh yeah, I know about that. You know how to solve this is do X, Y, and Z. That's not what you want to do here. You want to only be asking questions, learning about the customer. Could you imagine going to a doctor? Let's say you go to a doctor and the doctor says, oh, what's going on with you? What's wrong? How can I help you? And the person says, or you say, I have a headache. And the doctor immediately says, okay, great, perfect. I know what to do for that. I'm going to prescribe you extra strength Tylenol, extra strength aspirin so that you can get rid of your headache. Thank you so much. Got your problem solved. But then you also say, well, in addition to that, I've also been vomiting for the past two days and I have extreme stomach cramps. The point is, before you can prescribe a solution, present to your customer, tell them how to begin to solve their problems, you need all of the information first. You need to know what their goals are. What are they moving towards? What are they moving away from? What have they tried in the past? Right? Why they're starting now? There's a whole mess of questions that you need answered before you earn the right to prescribe what they need to do to solve their problems. I mean, don't you hate it when someone just immediately tells you why their product's so great without learning about you first? So this is why you need to start with a discovery, and during discovery, you're only asking questions and learning about the person. That brings us to the next phase, which is the presentation stage. Now that you've asked questions during discovery and learned about your prospect, now you've earned the right to present your solution. And this is your time to wow the prospect. Because you feel some type of pride, you feel energetic, you feel a lot of belief in your ability to solve people's problems. So what you want to do at this phase is transfer that feeling onto your customer. Now is your time to wow them. So this is your time now to actually present a solution. But it needs to be based off of what you learned from them in discovery. I hear a lot that people don't want to come off as pushy when they're trying to sell something or they hate pushy salespeople. Here's how you come off as pushy. You know your product, you know your solutions, you know whatever it is you're selling. When people come off as pushy, they come off as pushies because they're giving their own reasons why they believe this product is good. Right? Because here's what happens. 
everybody in the world has a set of filters that they live through, right? Everything they see, hear, feel, and do is processed through this set of filters. You know, the filters are made up from our upbringing, our society, you know, our parents, how our parents raised us as a kid. Most of these filters were imprinted in you when you were very young, between the ages of two and let's say 15-ish, maybe 18, something in that neighborhood. And so because of that, people grew up in different areas with different parents, with different teachers, in different religions, right, in different societies. And so we all develop our own set of filters. And so what happens is you come off as pushy when you try to sell something to someone based off of your own filters. Some of those filters are also based off of your own knowledge about your product. But the customer has a different set of filters. And this is why you need a proper discovery because during the discovery phase is when you learn a little bit about what those customers' filters are. Also during the presentation phase is when you really want to you know, amp up your energy level a little bit. Because again, this is when you want to transfer your level of energy, your heightened state for your product onto your customer so then they can feel that same level of energy that you do. Then we get to the final stage. This is the closing stage. This is where it's your time to actually ask for the order. This is also your time to not be shy. A lot of people get timid. A lot of people kind of hunker during this phase. And I don't know why. Different reasons for everybody, right? Again, we all have our own set of filters. Some people don't want to be come off as, you know, don't want to be pushy and don't want to come off as just wanting money. Some people have some internal blocks around asking. There's a lot of reasons why. But you can't make change in the world without asking. I don't know if you're biblical or not, but every we all have heard the line probably, ask and you shall receive. It doesn't say sit around and it'll come to you or the person will already know so it'll just show up. No, it says ask. You've got to ask. Now, here's what's likely to happen when you actually do ask for the order. What's very likely to happen is you're going to get some type of objection. Maybe someone's going to say, oh, that sounded more than I thought it was going to be, or, oh, I don't know if I have the time to do that. You know, most likely you're going to get some kind of objection. What do you do then? Do you just give up? Do you say, oh, okay, I understand. You know, maybe it's a little too much money. Okay, I'll follow up with you in 30 days. I'll follow up in 60 days. Is that what you do? If that's what you do, I'm going to make a bold statement here and say that you're not acting in integrity. Because I believe that it's your ethical duty. This is assuming, by the way, that you have a good product, something that's really going to help people in this world. So if that's the case, and assuming that is, then I believe it's your ethical duty to ask for the order and if they give you an objection, to try to help the customer get past that block in order to purchase your product that's actually going to help them. Let me give you an example. Let's say, for instance, you have something like asbestos in your house. And you didn't know this when you purchased the house and you find out later that there's asbestos lining on the walls and it's starting to fall apart, it's starting to break down and it's starting to float around in the air of your home. And if that's the case, and you know anything about asbestos, you know it's the 
only cause of mesothelioma, which is a certain type of cancer in the body. It's very, very deadly stuff to be inhaling asbestos all the time. So let's say you call an asbestos abatement company, which is the type of company that removes asbestos. They come to your home and they quote you a price. Let's say it's $1,000. And you say, oh, no, that's too much. And they say, okay, no problem. And they leave. Is that good for anybody? Is that good for the world? Is that good for you? You're going to be living in a home with asbestos flying around with the high probability of getting mesothelioma? And is it good for the asbestos contractor? They just came to your home and, you know, provided you a service, did an inspection and found out how much you do have. And they walked off and got nothing for it. And now the person who owns this company or this contractor specifically is not going to have money to feed his family. He is not going to have, or he or she is going to have less money to put in their college, uh, their children's college education, college fund, and nobody's better off. See, what happens is if you have a product that's actually going to benefit somebody who's good for the world, and you get that product into the hands of your customers, everybody benefits and the world becomes a better place. In this asbestos example, guess what? If you actually decided to hire them or if the asbestos company didn't give up and they told you more about the dangers of asbestos and tried to convince you two, three, four times so that you actually said, you know what, you're right. I actually do need to do this. I will pay the $1,000. Let's look at what happens now. You pay the $1,000 and now they take care of the asbestos and you have a house that's free of asbestos, which means now you have almost no chance of getting mesothelioma because the only way to get that is from asbestos. And you can live comfortably in your house knowing that you, your family are safe and you're taking care of the ones that you love. And for the asbestos contractor, now they have $1,000 more. So they can go and they can feed their family. They can take care of their kids. They can provide a college education by you know, contributing some of that money to the children's college fund. And guess what? Maybe the child goes to college and maybe they learn to cure brain cancer because they become an incredible doctor, a incredible scientist in this college. See, the whole world benefits by you getting your product out into the world. So this is why I say it's your ethical duty if you want to act in integrity to not give up on the first objection and to do what you can to help this person so that you can sleep comfortably at night knowing that you did your part. At least you tried. Even if they end up saying no at the end, at least you did what you could to try to help this person. So those are the three stages of every sale process. Here's a little tip. The most important stage is your discovery. Because this is the part where you learn about the customer. This is the part where you make the connection. And this is the stage where you get everything you need in order to make the other two stages easier and in order to make the other two stages personalized for your customer, which is what they want. Everybody wants a personalized experience. Everybody wants to know that you're helping them for the reasons that they care about. And this is why discovery is the most important. So never, ever skip that stage. Never go straight to selling or telling how great you are, how great your product is. Always start with discovery.
So I'll challenge you to do that. If you don't have a sales process, create one. Create a sales process that includes a proper discovery that asks all the questions you need to learn about your customer. It has a compelling presentation that transfers your energy for your product onto your customer, and it has a closing strategy that aligns with your integrity and values of wanting to help other people. Do this, and you're going to be living that life of freedom on your terms. Thank you so much for listening to this entire episode today. Again, it's so important to learn these strategies and to create a strong process or framework around your sales process. So if you don't have one, you know, make sure you do that. And if you want to work with somebody, work with somebody to do that. You know, I would love for it to be me. And if you're interested in that, you can just DM me on Instagram at Coach George Wang. And just let me know you listen to this episode about sales process and you want to refine yours. But no matter who you get help from or how you do it, you need to create a sales process. So make sure you get that done. Thank you so much for listening again today. We'll be back next week with an all new episode.